0: 2018, new podcast season, new sound. <laughs> and it's nice, gentle, oh. Um, mm-hmm. It's like an om in yoga class, but with more sex.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> I always have thought ohms should have more sex in
0: them. Well, now they do. <laughs> now they do, this way. On the Create Podcast. Welcome, friends. If you are new to the Create Podcast, we are very happy to have you be our friends today.
1: I have a desire that all of you, throughout your day at some point, just give yourself a nice, guttural, yummy... Oh, it does feel good. Maybe at a Mm stoplight or on the subway Mm or just wherever... Waiting for an audition, Mm. sitting at your computer, Mm -hmm. just changes your whole mood.
0: You never know. It could change your vibration. I mean, they do say, uh, the yogis say that uh, chanting is is one of the highest forms of healing because it does change your vibration, so why not give it a try? (laughs)
1: Why not? I feel like my vibration's already changed.
0: (laughs) All right, friends. Well... Welcome to another podcast, the Create Podcast. We are Kristen and Natalie. We're very happy to have you. I realize that we've actually never introduced
1: ourselves on this podcast. I know. What if they don't even know which one is Kristen or, or which one is Natalie? <gasps> I feel like they would get it after wow. a while. Oh. Oh, so I could totally masquerade as you, and no one would know. I know, but I do think sometimes I say, "Well, Natalie says blah blah," yes, so I yeah. think people people get it after a while. Catch up. But
0: I wonder if they know whose voice goes with whose picture. <laughs> Oh! If you have any guesses, friends, if you don't know us, feel free to go to our website and take a guess who is Kristen and who is Natalie, and feel free to email us or talk to us about it on our Create Facebook page, because it might be a good time. It would entertain (laughs) us deeply.
1: And we just want to be entertained.
0: (laughs) We do. Uh, Speaking of entertaining, uh, I I don't know if uh, this topic is very entertaining, but it is certainly brought up a lot of uh, interest and introspection as we've been talking about it. Uh, Krista and I had the most beautiful morning of going to our favorite dance class and there's something about just sweating it out and having the best morning ever. We went and got a green smoothie and then as we were walking all of a sudden we started having all these ideas about what we wanted to talk to you guys about and it kind of went all over but came back to a really simple concept of when we want to retreat and get smaller and when we are called to be bigger. And how many of us, when we are experiencing deep pain, specifically deep grief and loss, there is such a feeling of contraction. And we want to talk about that process and talk about the possibility of expanding and being more authentic and bigger in our responses to life when we feel that deep sense of loss and separation.
1: Well, you know, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, because we've been talking about it, is we have this upcoming trip to Paris, and the whole theme is pleasure in Paris. And this morning, we started talking about when you're in a deep process of pain or grief or processing... How you even get into the conversation of pleasure? Uh, Natalie looked at me and she said, how do you even have the conversation with someone about pleasure when they're in such a deep process? And so that became kind of like the topic we started exploring of when grief and loss show up, what is it, what is it doing? What is it saying? And... What is our job in response to it? And as artists, because one of the greatest tools we have is our feeling zone, right, our ability to feel. And so many of us were shamed as children that we couldn't feel or it wasn't safe to feel. Or if we cried, right? Mom wanted to give us a cookie or dad said, you know, no tears in this car or whatever the, the dialogue was in our house about. Uh, having emotions and exploring them. So there's a lot of reparenting we have to do sometimes around our deepest feelings. And
0: when we talk about our feelings, we often have been conditioned to think that there are better feelings than others. There are good feelings. There are bad feelings. There are feelings you are allowed to share with someone. There are feelings you're not allowed to share with someone. There are feelings that when you feel them, you have to buck up and, uh, you know, uh, shut that down. There are feelings that if you are feeling them, that's a great idea. That's a great thing. And so this sort of hierarchy of feelings doesn't allow us the fullest expression of our humanity. I heard once a teacher say that we are sentient beings. And it means that we are feeling creatures, that we are here to feel. So when someone says, don't feel that, don't cry, they're actually saying to us as a sentient being, don't be who you really are. Mm -hmm. It is wrong for you to be fully expressed as yourself. And when we feel that message, it goes right to that third chakra, that I am, that that center of self and knowing. And it's no coincidence that the shadow of that chakra is shame. And shame, as Brene Brown describes it, as there is something wrong with me. Guilt being the thing of you know, I did something wrong. Shame being the thing of I am wrong. Something about me is defective. And how often when we are in the process of grief or loss, or just not feeling ourselves, or having the winter blues, or just feeling lethargic, we feel like that is not allowed. And we have to bolster ourselves up and walk around the world feeling better than we do. But but I think the job is, is to feel the truth, not feel better.
1: And we have been in this conversation recently, Natalie and I, about grief. And um, talking about that grief is a process that will have its way with us. We are not the ones that control our grief. Um, you know, all of us who like to compartmentalize our lives and be organized and have things be a certain way, we don't... When there's real grief in your life, it does something on you. It actually forces you to surrender. It takes you to your knees. And it doesn't do it in a very logical way. We've been talking about how grief is like waves, right? And that sometimes the tide is out, and you're like, oh, I'm all right, right? And sometimes the tide is in. And when it wants to take you down, it will take you down. And sometimes our reaction is we want to fight against the really intense emotions coming up. But what grief requires is that we say, oh, it's here now. I can only just say yes to this in my life. I can only allow it to have its process with me. It is actually breaking us open. It's what it wants to do is take us to a new layer of vulnerability. And in order to heal us all the way through, it has to break us open all the way through. Mm.
0: And, and it's like when we talk about grief, that is actually the, the shadow or the demon that comes up in the heart chakra. And the heart is all about when the heart is functioning as it is meant to. It is about unity and communion and union and connection. And when the heart is out of balance, what it experiences is grief, which is described by the yogis as separation. The the grief process is I am separated from a person, place, thing that I love, and that separation causes me to feel grief. So many of us who came to this world to be a powerful artist, to be a voice of change, to be someone who creates, who leaves this world different than we found it, when we find ourselves separate from that, separate from our purpose, separate from the painting that we want to paint, separate from the job we want to do, separate from the child we want to have, when we are separate from that, we are in grief. And so many of us will say, well, if someone in my life passes away, then perhaps then for maybe a year or some length of time I deem appropriate, I'm allowed to let my feelings move, to be in that wave, to be in that ocean. But besides that, I just have to get stronger. I just have to be more positive. I just have to say more affirmations and not allow myself to understand that perhaps if I'm feeling separate from my dream, I'm also in a grieving process. If I'm separate from something I desperately desire, then I'm in a grieving process. And can I allow myself, even when there's no physical death in my life, to give myself the peace and compassion and understanding that, yes,
1: baby, you are grieving too, and it's okay. And it's okay. And it's what, uh, it's how the heart has expression. You know, um, you and I have talked about how in my life I've had people close to me, very close to me, pass away. Um, I've also had some, like, really intense breakups. And... Um, I feel that spirit was giving me a lesson on breaking open and allowing grief to take me to a new place. I like to think of it as it's coming in to like swoop me up and take me somewhere I've never been before. Mm. And it can only do that when I allow it. So when you're swimming and Uh, you all of a sudden start to get scared and you start to paddle really hard, like that's when you drowned. Mm. But when you allow yourself to go back, then I had this time in my life where not only did I lose someone very close to me, but I had uh, some dear friends also lose people uh, close to them. So there was a time where it was almost like loss was the curriculum. Mm. And I remember reading in a book that said, Sometimes it's the death of a dream that creates that feeling within, the, the death of an expectation. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to live longer and have this. I thought we were going to be this couple that created this. I thought this project was going to turn out this way. Um, you know, that we had this thing we believed in, and now life is rerouting us. And so we have to grieve the thing we thought we were building or the thing we thought um, was coming in order to be able to receive the new life, the new experience, the new opportunity that's on its way to us.
0: And when you think about it that way, don't we see that every moment of life is always a grieving process? Because every actor that goes to an audition, Mm -hmm. you want to put all of your hopes and dreams and feelings and manifestations into that, and then much of the time it goes away. yes. And you must grieve it so that you can move on to the next one. Now, many of us will feel the same way about trying to have a child mm-hmm. and each month it's not happening or trying to buy a house and, and the perfect house that goes away. It's very, very difficult for us to continue to enter with as the heart chakra in its full balance, anahata, unstruck. The full place of, I live from my heart as if my heart has never been hurt or damaged. How difficult is it after the ninth house, Mm the 20th try to have the child, the 100th audition? How difficult is it to continue to live as if your heart has been unstruck? And the truth is we cannot unless we fully have grieved it. Mm -hmm. Because grief is a complete cycle. Anything else is just repression, suppression, trying to make do, uh, trying to make it okay. But it doesn't complete the process. And if the process isn't complete, the residual will be inside of you. And then when that next time to try, that next home comes up, then you will be filled with, well, it's probably not gonna go my way. Mm -hmm. Why would I even bother? Mm -hmm. Why am I gonna invest in this? What's the use? And then we find ourselves in sort of a a lethargy, a depression, a rumination that then feels like we have no way to connect to our pleasure.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's an interesting thing because I think many people who are on a spiritual path know on a certain level that in our spirit form, we are never separated from anything, right? So of course the miracles will tell us We only have one problem, and that problem's already been solved. We think we have the problem of separation, and guess what? We don't. We are one with spirit. We are one with each other. We are one with everything in the universe, right? So um, while spiritually, we can know that only love is real, and we are never separated on the spiritual plane, while we're still in the human body, we will, in our body, in our animal self, Feel that separation. And it's very possible to one moment feel your elevated spiritual self that feels, oh, I feel my oneness with life. I feel my oneness with my partner who passed on. I feel my oneness with um, my dream, even though it hasn't manifest. And then later that afternoon, <laughs> feel very much in your human animal body that misses, Mm. that grieves, that feels wounded, and both are holy. Mm. And the job of being in this body and having both is being able to hold one with each hand. And life is a process that will continually, um, as we know, take away our attachments, right? We're constantly going through this process of things um, melting away so that we can get deeper into our spiritual essence. And that spiritual essence also requires that we honor the process, Mm. as opposed to dismiss the process, push away the process, that we deeply, deeply honor it. Um, And one of the things that we were talking about this morning is how to honor it. Uh, We were talking about Mama Gina, Mm. sweet, sweet Mama Gina, um, that has this process that she calls swamping. Swamping, friends. And once you find out what it is, if
0: you don't know, you might feel very delighted.
1: (laughs) So she says, when you are in grief or in pain, feeling anger, any of those emotions that we want to label as...
0: Bad, wrong, stupid,
1: foolish, uh, not evolved, whatever. So she says... What happens if you actually just go for it? <laughs> yeah. Natalie and I call this making a pageant of your pain. Um, you So what she does in her swamping process is she t- took, like, I think it was, like, a trash bag the first time, uh-huh. and she cut a neck out of it. And she <laughs> took off her clothes, and she put on a trash bag. She was like, I want to look as bad as I feel. And she's like, I'm going to put, like, Ashes on my face, and I'm going to roll around on the ground, and I'm going to stomp my arms and my legs, and I'm going to cry, and I'm just going to allow myself to totally feel it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what I can tell you is I love histrionics. I, I know it to be what makes me the great actress that I am. I know it's the thing that in an audition or in a scene... I can go, I can go where no man has gone before. I can feel the feelings, I can dredge up the stuff. And I'm not allowed to see it as a gift in my work and yet hate it when it shows up in my life. Mm. So just the other day, I was just having a day and I found myself lying on my floor, kicking and screaming, literally screaming like sounds that were somewhere between animal and two-year-old. And it lasted as long as it lasted. I think maybe it was about 10 minutes. And at the end of it, if I was being honest with the moment, I actually felt amazing. I felt exhausted and emptied out and calm. Calm was underneath all of that chaos that got released. And then I started to make a story about how wrong I was, how ashamed I should be of myself, how I don't have my shit together, how I'm not really an adult, how anyone else would be able to handle things and I'm just a weak little child. And... The story was what was causing me grief, not the pageant of pain. The pageant of pain was as releasing and full as having an orgasm, as uh, going on a roller coaster and just letting it all go, as floating in an ocean and letting it take you. It actually was divine Mm. and holy and underneath of it was complete and utter peace. The story of why I'm not as good as everyone else and why I somehow need to do that thing and how I'm so wounded and damaged is the thing that kept me in separation, is the thing that kept me in grief. And so I feel like when Mama Gina describes this experience, It's about allowing ourselves to get rid of the separation of if in my art or if in my relationships I can love so hard and fully and then sometimes that means I get really big feelings somewhere else. How can I see that in the same way there are not good emotions and bad emotions, there are not good ways that my full self shows up. And bad ways that my full self shows up. There's just the ways that my full self shows up. And it's going to look the way it looks. And so yes, maybe the girl in me that needs to cry and thrash around on the floor has that moment and it feels embarrassing. But then I'm also the girl that gets to do that on the screen that maybe gets to change someone's life. So we have to incorporate ourselves into ourselves so that we are not in separation of our gifts. And I think Mama Gina describes it as the rapture in the rupture. Can we get turned on to ourselves whether we look our best or look our worst? Can we get turned on to ourselves whether we are in a quote low moment or a quote high moment? Can we get turned on to ourselves in our mess as well as in our quote perfection?
1: Because when we think of ourselves as, as the observer, this is something that's floating through. It's yes. coming through. And we have a front seat to witness and go, here I am. I am living life fully. I am going through an experience. And can we value it? In this society, in our conditioning, we've taught to devalue our strongest emotions. Mm. And then we wonder why we're not living our biggest lives. That's right. So what would happen if we started to really value the intense feelings? What would happen if we started taking an inventory at the beginning and end of our day going, are there intense emotions inside of me that want to be expressed? Is there anger here? Is there frustration? Is there grief? Is there sadness? Is there something in me that needs to find an outlet out? And as artists, it's almost our responsibility to say, let me take this deep feeling and turn it into art. Well, and if we look at the people we really value, we just recently had
0: uh, Martin Luther King Day. There was nothing lukewarm about Martin Luther King or his message. Mm -mm. Those were intense, deep, passionate, overwhelming feelings that he channeled into changing the world. And so it is not our job to reject our own intense feelings and walk around our life only feeling the lukewarm ones so that we feel safe and we feel like we don't hurt anyone else, is our job to say, I was born and given the gift of this intensity, this ability to feel so deep, this a- a availability of so much stuff that feels like chaos inside of me, there is a place in the world that that can make a mighty change.
1: That intense feeling shows us where we care. It shows us where our dharma is. It shows us where change wants to occur. It is from spirit. You know how we talk about desire is life asking for itself? Our intense feelings are spiritual communication as well. Mm. And we get to look at our, our intense feelings when they come up and really examine them. You know, You know how you said, when you let it all out... It actually felt great after. Yeah. It was the story that caused the suffering. Yeah. So we get the uh, opportunity to go, where's my story, and where's ju- just my deep feeling? And then what's this deep feeling pointing me to? And can I extract story from around it and let the deep feeling take me somewhere? Because the story is about the thoughts and
0: the mind. Mm-hmm. The feeling is about the heart and the body. The body. And so... We don't need to integrate our body and feelings with our mind. We don't need to. They're separate for a reason. And they're only separate in our human form. Our consciousness has the complete capacity to hold all of
1: it. It's interesting. If we really want to be present, it's always about coming back to the body, right? What do I feel right now in my body? What sensations are going on in my body? Our body will always take us into the present moment. And it's often... When we leave the present, it's because we're trying to control what the body's feeling. Mm. Instead of saying yes to it, we try to reject it, push away, and that's when we are trying to manipulate life. I had something the other day where I was nervous. I was feeling all these nerves, and I could watch myself not want to feel them, so I was trying other techniques to not feel them, Mm. like I was trying small talk, Mm. I was trying to be silly, like I watched myself try to get out of I'm just here right now, and my body feels nervous. Mm. And I don't know why my body feels nervous. I don't know if it's telling me that it's scared of something, or it wants something, or it desires a certain kind of outcome. Mm. But can I just be here and just be honest that I feel nervous? And I feel confused that I feel nervous. And I just want to sit here and like out my confusion about my own nervousness and see what happens. And this is why...
0: Understanding and being a witness is so important and connected to our pleasure. Because many of us, when we start feeling something we don't want to feel, we'll start doing a little song and dance yes. so that no one sees what we're feeling. Yeah. And then we call the song and dance pleasure or nailing it or mm-hmm. being great at something. Mm-hmm. We're only called to do the song and dance when our body wants to dance and sing. That's right. Everything else is a lie. And... And sometimes that song and dance is covering up the true pleasure, which would be in the temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. And so we always want to ask ourselves the question, what is the what is the need? What is the need inside of me that I, as a steward of myself, can answer and honor? So the outer world isn't responsible for saying, oh no, don't be nervous, Kristen, you're doing a great job. Your inner being is saying, oh baby, be as nervous as you need to be and don't dare hide. Let it come, let it move, this energy in motion because it is here to serve this moment and if you make peace with it, it is actually gonna make this thing go better than you can imagine. But if you try to cover it up and and play a character of who is supposed to be the best person for this moment, then it's just gonna get stuffed down and it's gonna start to scream louder and it's gonna come out somewhere else inappropriately some other time.
1: So we want to learn how to be good stewards to our body and say, okay, body, you show me. You know, we talk about being a beginner's mind. Like, can we know that we know nothing? And in that place of, I don't know, but I'm so curious, And I will give the reins over to this wise, wonderful instrument of my body that I have Mm. and let it lead me.
0: And oftentimes we reject the body. We hear, especially in spiritual circles, you know, consciousness is the way to go. The body is sort of bad or it limits us or we get too attached to our bodies. Uh, But something Mama Gina talks about is actually moving from the deep intelligence of our bodies. That... Our bodies are the instrument we've been given, and it knows how to play its own music, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always need us to conduct it.
1: I love how we think we know better. Uh, I love how we think, oh, my mind has this figured out, when our sweet body's like, "Ugh, will they surrender that? I mean, it's kind of what I love about a dancer so much. mm -hmm. A dancer knows how to listen to their body, and if you talk to a dancer, they'll still tell you, I know there's an intelligence inside of my body that is beyond anything my mind knows.
0: And so if we can start to understand that there's an intelligence of the body, and the body is the vessel from which we move our grief and our pleasure, then can we perhaps see that grief and pleasure are actually very interconnected? Mm-hmm. It's like one coin with two sides. That's right. And that we can't walk around life saying, I want to be here for all the pleasure and have access to all the pleasure if I'm not willing to give myself access, each fully and as
1: fully to my grief. There was this quote that Mama Gina had on one of her blogs, and she was quoting Martin Prechtel. Mm -hmm. Grief expressed out loud for someone we have lost or a country or home we have lost is in itself the greatest praise we could ever give them. Grief is praise because it is the natural way love honors what it misses
0: Mm. and when we think about that our country is in a deep grieving process right now no matter what side of this coin you fall on it is very obvious that our country is in deep separation and it doesn't matter what side you're on we're all part of the separation right now because there are sides yeah The country is in deep grief. Mother Nature is in deep grief. Grief. The environment is in deep grief. Families, communities are in deep separation. We, as a world, there is a calling to say, can we all just look in each other's eyes and say there is grief here? And can we just let it arise? Can we not make it feel better than it wants to or needs to, but can we let it move so it can have its way, so that something new
1: can be born? The grief is intelligent, and it knows what it's doing. It's taking us somewhere, and we can just trust it and let it.
0: Mm. And so, our beautiful listeners, we invite you, in whatever mess may be in your life, Whatever grief there may be in your life, and again, it may not be linear, maybe there are feelings of grief and you have no idea why. It could be collective from what's going on around you. It could be something specific. It might just be a vague feeling. And can you honor it even if you don't know what it is?
1: One of the things you and I said this morning as we were walking is when we are in times of crisis, the call is to play bigger not smaller, however that manifests for you. Mm. So when we are contracted and we come in, sometimes that inward feeling makes us want to shrink and then uh, look at things in our life in terms of lack. But what if we allow what is uh, contracting, what is pulling in, to say how do I want to have the biggest expression of whether it is this grief or it is uh, the, the emergence of this next cycle in my life, we can um, start to make choices from a place of going, this has brought me inward and now as I go outward, maybe the calling is bigger than my present paradigm that I've ever known before. Right. So the call is really take risks. When there is rupture in your life, start asking some of the big questions. If we are going to play in the unknown, what is out of our landscape? Whether it is in, this is going to be the biggest expression of my grief, the biggest expression of my rage. Let the tantrum get bigger. Right, let it go bigger. Mm. And then as I start to, to see where I'm being pulled in terms of my desire, in terms of my pleasure, can I allow myself to go, What is even beyond what I've ever thought was possible for me? We were talking this morning about how when you're in grief, sometimes the idea of like, well, even getting a manicure sounds lame, right? Like if I was going to do something nice and self-care for myself, it just feels too like, nah. But what if you reached out of what you thought was possible for yourself? Maybe what life is asking for is a bigger dare, a bigger movement, a bigger step, a bigger stand, where is the place that you have kept in denial of thinking it's possible for you that to do it would demonstrate a leap of faith in your life?
0: Mm, if right. I think about grief being... The feeling of having lost something. Mm -hmm. When you feel like you have lost something, what happens when you take the stand for what I haven't found yet? Boom. Something has made space, it hurts, and I'm going to express it so big that I get to call in what I didn't know was possible for myself.
1: That's right. And that's what always life is doing. When it takes something away, it's making space. It's the universal law of the vacuum. It takes something away because it has something better. And it's so often that we have taken what we really want, what we we really desire, and have told ourselves, we can't have it. Mm -hmm. And then we get upset when the thing that we don't really even want gets taken away. Right. Right? Right. It's fascinating. Or the thing that has just run its course, that it's had its beautiful time, that was lovely while it was there. I recently had a, a, something in my life where there was a, a project that I love that like the universe is like, uh, we're making space. We're taking this away because we have something better. So doesn't that make me go, well, what is it that I really want to create that I kept off limits from myself because I didn't think it was possible, Mm. that's where the universe is asking me to move towards.
0: This is why the intelligence of the body is more important than the mind. Mm. Because the second you lose your job, your mind is going to start telling you all the places you need to pull back and all the places you're in trouble. Yes. The body is going to tell you it is time to get bigger. It is time to grow. It is time for the job you love. It is time to get rid of everything that isn't good enough for you. That's it. That's the energy of the body. The body wants to expand. And so the way that we can choose I'm going to be in allegiance with my body over my mind is by saying to grief, I am willing to go all the way with you. I am willing to go bigger, bolder, stronger, faster, crazier than I feel comfortable because my mind wants to contract and my grief is trying to expand me. That's right.
1: So let grief do its job. Let the mess push you into the space where your body really knows it wants, what it, where it belongs. Let that expansion rip open your life. There is something that wants to be born from the essence of who you are, and now is the time that it gets expressed, and that, friends, is living brand new, alive, fully out loud, and
0: in all the colors. I don't remember who said it, but there's this beautiful quote I love, we open at the close. Can we, when the heart wants to close, say, I dare myself to stay open and see what happens. And even if I get hurt again, I dare myself to stay open again, because that's who I am. And people who are willing to take that stand are the people that are making the biggest waves when that ocean takes them.
1: We know who you are. We know you are that which stays open.
0: And we know that no matter what you may be going through, consciously or subconsciously, whatever grief or loss or depression or lethargy or sadness might be in your life, it is the gateway to your expansion, your power, and the pleasure that you were born to have.
1: Your extreme pleasure is on the other side of comfortable. It's on the other side of status quo.
0: So let yourself feel a little dangerous, even a little crazy. Let yourself lie on your floor and rail and scream and know that the whole time we are cheering you on and we know how brave you are.
1: Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you want to know about the Create Workshop Series, you can go to
0: www.thecreateseries.com.
1: And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com. And if you want to come to Create, you can go to
0: the Actors Green Room in New York City, Um, And it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Tuesdays from 11 a.m.
1: to 1 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com. And you can buy, create on demand if you don't live in New York City.
0: woo